welcome to the Youth Hockey Hub High School Hockey Podcast. Today's show is brought to you by the Red and Black League. To learn more about the league, go to redandblackleagues.com. Now to the show, featuring YHH publisher Tony Scott, the forum guru, Carl East, and the reigning most viewed high school games champion, Danny Ryan. Here's Danny. Welcome back, everybody. This is I Need a Win Week podcast. I am Danny Ryan, joined with you in studio, Tony Scott. How are you doing, Danny? I need a win. <laughs> At least my school does. Yes, it does. But somebody whose school does not need a win, Carl East. Carl, how's it going? Well, we got one win, but, which is better than <laughs> what we were before. <laughs> progress, progress. Otherwise, I am fine. <laughs> Same could be said about my cadets this week. Hey, guys. I put on a a youth hockey tournament this weekend, and I left high school hockey to you guys, and it all broke loose. <laughs> I'm blaming this on you guys. Keep an eye on high school hockey. My fault. Yeah, I, it is. Uh, I am taking no culpability for this week of scores. What happened on Saturday? Well, we'll talk about that in a little bit, but we got some news and nugs first. Yeah, I, I picked up some news and nuggets. One of them was while I was at my youth tournament. Jeff Postal, the Matamidi coach, walks in and I, hey, coach, how you doing? And start talking about his team. He likes his squad, and he he also said that their team is for the next few weeks is in trouble. He's got a, one of their top players, Colin Hagstrom, is out with a lower body injury and won't return maybe for four weeks or so. So maybe even longer. Maybe longer. Who knows how that all works out? But uh, I thought that was an interesting nugget. Picking that up, running a youth tournament at the at the rec center of St. Croix. Um, another big news uh, yesterday uh, was the passing of Doug Woog. Yep. Uh, any Doug Woog memories for you guys that you could think of that, you know, that, that what he really meant to us and as a state? Well, state it, hockey? I, I think growing up as a kid in the nineties, anytime you watched the Gophers, it was Doug Woog. Right. And so that's kind of how I remember that, you know, the Gophers, I always associate with him in so many ways. I saw a really amazing tweet by Phil Housley that was like him in a picture of Doug, and it was just outside of the entrance gate at the X. And it was just, you know, like, I think they were surprised to run into each other, and it was just a genuine picture that you could see in both of each other's eyes. They were really happy to run into each other. Yeah. Doug had coached um, Phil at – South St. Paul, and, you know, their lives parallel each other in a lot of ways. And I just thought that was a really touching, um, just for Phil to send out a nice tweet about that. Carl, what do you, what's your take on the Wooger? Yeah, I know. It's, he's someone who I you know, think since his passing, I've realized how much, you know, I, I didn't appreciate him as someone who you know, grew up in you know, in 90s, 2000s, maybe a little bit past, you know, but the uh, earlier memories that other people will have, but, you know, you look back at the the length of his career and what he did over that that time, I think when you stop and look back, you get an appreciation of how many different people he touched over decades and in all levels of hockey in the state. Yeah, I I had the chance to play golf with him. It was a a University of Minnesota charity event, and somebody goes, yeah, you got Doug Woog. 
so I got to play 18 holes with him. <laughs> and the one thing I remember most about him, was this was in the mid-'90s, I think, and what I remember most is he goes, yeah, kids today, this is in the mid-'90s, uh, they're so self-absorbed. They're so. He, this is like he was describing what kids are talking about today. <laughs> but what he said was, he goes, well, the first thing you did, Tony, when you walked up, you shook my hand, looked me in the eye, and told me who you were and where you were from. He goes, kids, yeah, I can't get that out of them today. <laughs> you know, I was only like 10 years out of school or whatever, but I was, you know, but his point was that it's, it's it, we, he, it, when he was coaching the U, it was getting harder and harder to get high quality character kids. Kids like himself. Yeah, right. And then I was like, wow, that's a, that was my takeaway. And he wasn't bemoaning it. He was just saying, this is the reality of my job now coaching at the U. Who was the coach when you were there, Tony? Was it Mariucci or? <laughs> That's good. Actually, it was Woog's second year when when I attended the university. So Woog was the coach when okay. I was there. Yeah, that was really good. I was like, where are we going with this? <laughs> I was just wondering. Really good. Okay, a uh, couple of, <laughs> couple other notes. Uh, Skylar Vetter gets her uh, first. Uh, as a girl, uh, first varsity start for Lakeville North and in the boys in the boys for the boys team. She played JV for the Panthers last year. She is a Minnesota commit. Yeah, she's a Minnesota commit. She also played for the U18 national team as a 15 year old, and will play again this year for the U.S. national team as a 17 year old, 16 year old. So she's a stud. Yes, she's a fantastic goaltender. She had a 90 percent save percentage last night, so you can't blame. That loss of that tie. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about it in a little bit. Speaking of goaltenders, a scary uh, uh, scenario uh, came to us. Uh, goal, uh, Burnsville goaltender Evan Whitcow uh, had an epileptic seizure in the during the game versus Prior Lake. Five minutes left in the second period, left the game, obviously. Uh, he did return to practice the next day and played and got a tie against Farmington on Saturday. And a pretty amazing story, if you think about uh, how that all transpired, the praying that happened. Uh, but just the, the, the scene by by many, many accounts, Burnsville people and Prior Lake people, uh, it was a pretty scary scene. And, and uh, glad that Evan's back and and back to normal. So, Well, we've all been at games where a kid goes down for an extended period of time. Your stomach just turns. Yeah, it does. It kind of the, yeah. the, the 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 importance of the game, no matter how important it is, kind of goes away. I remember I was at Eden Prairie Duluth East a couple of years ago, and I forget which East player went down and like had to get stretchered off the ice. And it was in like the mm-hmm. first five minutes of the first period. Is that EP? Or? It was that EP, yeah. and it, I, it was my second game of the. Or like I might have was planning on going to a game afterwards and I was just like no I just Not I don't important. I don't feel like hockey right now yeah <laughs> yeah I know so yeah, I, yeah. No, I had I had that experience just this week but you know, and I walked into the East Cloquet game and the little JV game was going on and I looked into the rink and you know everything just stopped and there's just a Cloquet kid lying motionless on the ice and it probably took them 20 minutes to you know, get him into an ambulance I mean he's got stretchered off and uh they just ended the JV game with six minutes left. They did, did not play the rest of it, and I understand exactly why. You know, oh, I hear yeah. a, a clean hit, and it sounds like it was a pinch nerve, and he's going to be okay, but it was scary. Yeah, it does. It kind of takes your appetite away, doesn't it? Yeah. It really mm-hmm. does. All right, well, let's. speaking of appetites, I saw you 
Carl posted his top ten that gets published on New Coffee Hub each week. <laughs> Carl, I haven't seen it yet. I almost looked today. I had a, by the downtime eating lunch today over at the tournament. I'm like, oh, I'm gonna nope. I'm not gonna do it. I'm I not have not do done it. it either, Carl. So we've held off three straight weeks. Let's hear it. Besides Eden Prairie number one, let's hear it. All right. Yes, as you said, Eden Prairie is number one. Number two, I've got Hill Murray here now. It's split him up with spots. I figured you might do that, even though Maple Grove won. You got cocky mm-hmm. and put them put them down a notch for a one goal win over Centennial. Yeah. Yep. So they, I'm guessing Maple Grove time. three. Yep. They are. Yep. Okay. Then uh, number four, also I think pretty straightforward, is Andover. Speaking okay. of Andover, Tony, uh, Wyatt Kaiser will be our Sniper's Edge uh, interview today on the show. We did the interview beforehand so we may make allusions to what Kyle uh what Wiser said Wyatt. Wiser <laughs> sorry. Long week. sorry. Wyatt said on the show. Who's number five, Carl? Yeah. Well, well we'll just also add that uh, I will be muted for most of this conversation with Wyatt because we don't want the East guy to say any uh, no un- unfortunate things and ruin the interview. Right. Uh, but number <laughs> number five is White Bear Lake. Okay. Jeez. <laughs> Dick and deep now. Jeez. Seriously? I mean, I love they're there, undefeated. But five? Well, well wait, okay, four wait till you hear the, you hear the rest four of the top undefeated. Okay, keep going. I feel like actually played a few difficult teams, whereas number six, oh, this is where it just gets ugly. I point you're going to love this. Number six is Lakeville South. No! Oh. Come on! <laughs> oh. Be better! Carl, I saw him play twice. Seriously. Oh. Come on. Carl, we need to talk more. <laughs> okay, they keep going. They had Okay. You know, they outshot North by a lot. That's what I'm going with. <laughs> okay. All right. Oh, all right. All right. Fine. Are you kind of like on a text string last night. I think you alluded that they might be six. Yeah, well, so there's a little drama. There's no one else on this text spring who was even lobbying them for, for them to be five, so I'm not alone in this opinion. Okay, who's who's seven? Seven is Rosemount. I mean, okay. they, they lost, yes, but what else can you do? And that's Are you guys still impressed by that? Minnetonka win? Right. Not as much. <laughs> <laughs> wow! <laughs> I know! Yeah. Okay. I, mean, I still, I still like this team. I like the way they're built, but the results so far don't quite match up with that expectation. But number eight is Blaine, <laughs> another team that took a bad loss, but with everything else going on, I couldn't drop them too far. Oh, a terrible loss. That wasn't just a loss. <laughs> I looked hard in your rankings from the week before and did not find the Luthies in the top 25 or even mentioned, and they beat Blaine. They did. That's why. And just sandbag. Just sandbag. They lost the cocaine. <laughs> okay, go on. Who's number eight or that, nine? That was number eight. Number nine is okay. the build. Oh, my. Uh, I mean, the wheels on the bus may have fallen off in St. Louis Park, but okay. Okay, fine, Carl. Who's number 10? Number 10, holding steady. Not playing any games last week with Edina. Okay. I, the only one I can't – there's one in ten I don't argue with. Two through nine, you get pounded this week. I mean, who do you want to put up there? Moorhead? 
They just Why lost the Rose Lake. Yeah. I'm going to go Lakeville North. Lakeville North. Lakeville Shakopee. Shakopee. Lakeville Shakopee. They're still undefeated. They did not look good. They're undefeated. They're not a top ten team. Wow. Why so hard on Lakeville North? I saw them play twice now. I, I I think they're good. I think it's a good score. I think, I, good I, team. I think Farmington has a chance out of that section right now. Farmington's actually argue. doing okay. I I've been on Twitter. I've been like, watch out for I the know. Tigers. I I saw three mm-hmm. of them at the Rosemount Lakeville South game, and I was like, wait, did you guys win? No, tied. Okay, <laughs> thank you. Well, I still think <laughs> all those South Suburban teams are the same. We yeah. went we no. saw Egan Burnsville. They're all, all the, the same. same. And you know what? I got statistics to prove it. Shakopee tied Lakeville North. Okay, moving on. Can I I give you some good scores? Stop doing a transit of property on me. Sorry. (laughs) Okay, (laughs) games of the the past, and they are juicy, as we have already been arguing. Okay, Rose 04, Moorhead 3 in overtime. That was the first juicy one of the week, I would argue. And yeah, I caught a little bit years of this ago. one, and it was just, uh, you know, it's, from what I heard, Moorhead really dominated the first few minutes, but then Rosso slowly worked their way back in, and then uh, it's really fairly even by the third period, and, you know, at least in terms of quality chances, and Rosso found a way to win it. I, Rosso's top line is a pretty good top line of Gunderson and um, Huglin, and I forget the other one Strand? off the top of my head. Severson, maybe? Strand. Or- uh, no, Strand wasn't playing. I didn't see him that number no. when I watched him okay. this week. Max Strand. Yeah, which I would can think that's Strand's brother too, Alex. Could Strand. be. Yep. Um, okay, I will at Orono um, three in overtime beating Chaska on Tuesday, which turned into a juicy one. What's well, a good game? It's um, Orono's got a good squad there. I saw them the first night and was really impressed. They um they hit the net hard. They um got a couple really good tipping goals and just did everything possible to win this game. I said on the show, I think they're a real physical team. Sure. They're going to give a lot of teams trouble in section play. They're just not going to be able to stay up with them physically. Chaska still looking for their moment, I would argue, but um they have some good players there. Snuggeroo looked good. Um yeah, I, I like that team. It's just not this year if it feels that way. Yeah, I don't doubt that whatsoever. Um, what turned out to be a boring win for Matamidi, um, Matamidi 3, Monticello 0. Good win for Matamidi, but they did lose um, in Hagstrom um, with a lower body injury. Um, now we're going to start with some mysteries. Um, River Lakes 3, Sartell 1. That throws a wrench in the 6A's rankings. Completely. 6A is a mess. Yes, yeah, 6A, 6A is a dumpster fire after, uh, as well as 8AA. I mean, like, there's a competition there. Yeah. So St. Cloud Cathedral is a clear number one in that, but after that it, it just goes downhill um, with just weird losses going on. Um, and then St. Thomas Academy with a really good win over Benil. Absolutely. I watched that whole game. Very gritty the whole way. Carl, did you watch this one on Wednesday? I did not. I was otherwise occupied. Okay. Yeah. What did you think, Tony? 
exactly what you said. It's like, it's, oh, okay, I think Trent and the boys got they, they got yeah. them rolling. They yep. they didn't they they were down and they came back. Yep. Um, I thought that they made the best of their chances. I thought they forechecked well. I thought they did everything well. They're getting they good pushed the nil to the outside yeah. extremely well. Benil was limited on their chances. I thought so too. I thought they were the better team. Uh, I, I I I hate when someone outplays a team and then loses, and, yeah. and they found a way to win that game. So I I would say Limesand had his moments of being very very good. I yeah. thought he had the more quality chances against them. Yeah, it, it, I agree. Um, and he stood on his head for the most part in this game. Yeah, he had some good plays, good saves. Um, and then Orno continuing their winning ways. They beat Delano. Five to one. This is a very good two A win for mm-hmm. um, Orno. Eveleth four, Virginia one, in clean old fashioned hate yep. rivalry there yep. at Miners. Yes, yeah. Yep. Um, Gentry five, Tartan four in overtime. This kind of this was the game that kind of started it all. You know, I'm not taking nothing away from Gentry, but this was the game that. You know, all the game, everything just started a domino downhill when, well, this, when this game yeah. happened, right? I mean, not that I think Tartan was the game that Tartan was the team that we kind of beginning of the year we were talking up big. They came in Minneapolis, they clean beat their the, clock. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I'm like this is the team, right? And now we got to deal with this upstart Gentry. Come on, I mean, not give them that part, really. Yeah. yeah, Carl, what's your take on this one? Yeah, I think what's uh, stuck on it to me is that Gentry is actually playing okay. They've you know, been racking up some wins, and I think that you know we may have oversold Tartan a little bit. It was, it was our, sort of our sexy pick that a bunch of other people then also adopted as their sexy pick. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think Gentry is showing that they may be a factor. I yeah, think, I think they're going to be a major factor in this. And the problem, and, and here's why I'm not I'm not ripping on Gentry. They just hadn't played anybody. No, no. no. I mean, they literally we were playing Sock Rapids type competition. So now they have we have a legitimate team to compare them to in section. Yeah. Now I'm interested to see what happens if they play Montemita. I'm not even sure that Montemita is on their schedule. I would doubt it. I would it. doubt it too because Montemita has coached Pocho. Pocho. Been around a long time. When you make your schedule years in advance, a year yeah. or so. Hard to get in on that schedule of theirs, and, and that's why Gentry is playing teams like Sock Rapids. Correct. It's, so. it's hard to get games. Yeah. Um, and then next one, this game actually meant a lot to you, I think, Carl. Lakeville North, Lakeville South. Um, Lakeville North won four to one, and kind of just cleaned up on this game. Physicality kind of played a big role in it. And even though South had more shots, they did not look like a clean team when I was at this game. Carl, what was your main takeaways on this one? Yeah, I mean, obviously it was an impressive win for North. Um, I think it puts them in the driver's seat for the top team one double A for now. Um, I overlooked them a little making the rankings because something had to give somewhere, and as you mentioned, the shots were lopsided. So I guess I have less confidence in North long-term in that they're a great team that I do in South, but it was uh, an eye-opening result. And we just make a comment on 1AA right now. It, there, are, there are five decent teams in 1AA. It's probably the deepest the session's ever been. Yeah, I would say you look at Hastings, they're decent. You look at Farmington, um, Farmington decent. Yep. Both Lakevilles are decent. What was the other team that you had in mind? Century. They're rolling over everyone they're playing. 
I mean, it's not great well, competition, but yeah, it's decent. Yeah, I've been suckered into one double A before. I'm not getting suckered in yet. <laughs> <laughs> um, how about this? Uh, I'm going to try to suck you in again, Tony. Prior Lake Eight, Burnsville Two. I think Carl that Prior Lake is the second best team in this section right now. They're they're playing like it right now. Yeah, that's why I have them in the rankings. You know, they're cracking the top twenty, and you know they're looking like one of the better teams in the South Suburban. They're not all the same. <laughs> Tony? Well, Leon. we have to we have to keep in <laughs> mind that um, the Burnsville's goaltender, Evan Wickow, did go out in this yep. game halfway through. So he that did. does kind of put a wrench into the score, but it's still a good win for Prior Lake. Max Smith, who does the Burnsville analytics, I remember he was, yeah, um, Evan was getting shelled before his seizure. <laughs> and he's Mr. Stats guy. He's like, there's five goals on 19 shots. You know, he's going through the whole deal. And I'm like, Matt, let's worry about Evan here, not about him being shelled. You know? But I mean it in the, in the nicest way. I mean, that's just who Max is. He's just into it. And, and yeah, it just was an off night for, for Burnsville when they played that team from down by the casino. Okay. The casino. Casino team. Casino team. <laughs> okay. Uh, speaking about Casino's non- got a high school now. Whoa. <laughs> Casino's got a high school. Um, okay. Non-casino teams. Wyzetta four. Blake three. This was a wild third period of a game um, where Wyzetta scored three right away to start the third period, and that's what took away the game. And Blake clawed back to get two back, but they still lost. Um, four to three. That's a big section win for Wyzetta. Yeah, you know yeah. me. I've been big on Wyzetta. So, Carl. Yeah, I mean, can we talk about six double A for a moment? I mean, there are five teams that are, you know, you you could probably just rank them all interchangeably right now, and it would still sort of make sense. We've got the Nilly, Dino, Wyzetta, Blake, even Treaton kind of lurking in there. I mean, that's that's as crowded a section as you'll ever see. This. This section is stranded in mediocrity right now, very much. They, I, I agree. There's not one, like Carl just said, there's not one that's really bad, but none of them are really, really? like, good. No. And the only reason Benilde's still hovering on the top ten is because of one game. It was the game they played against Edina. Where a fluky goal went zero. in. That's just a year true. ago. Yeah. yeah. A yeah. year ago. We're, we're still hanging on the one yeah. game at Mariucci. We're hanging on the fact that they graduated nobody. And they had that good game against the state champion. And they had a hot second half last yeah, year. They hot-ish, need, yeah. They need to get hot again. Yes. They are agreed. cool right now. Um, East Grand Forks 4, Alexandria 3. I thought that was a good put-up by Alex in this game. A moral win for them. Agreed. Moral win for them. More than a moral win, Farmington 2, Egan 1 in overtime. This is Egan, Egan, or no, not Egan, Farmington, Farmington, eyes open. I agree. Okay, Cloquet 5, Duluthies 4 in overtime. Carl, you are at that one. Yeah, and it was a pretty entertaining game, back and forth. Um, East, after, you know, trying, you know, every possible combination and, uh, you know, hockey strategy known to man in the Andover game. You know, came out with a more traditional East system and looked fairly good at it. Got really burned on some odd man rushes, and Christian Galatz had a, had a phenomenal game. He had a hat-trick, including the game winner. 
24 seconds into overtime, and you just could not contain him, and he was a difference. Isn't he something to watch, Carl? Yes, he is, he's just a delight. <laughs> I mean, I realize he's your big rival from a true athletic standpoint. He's fun to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, Duluth Denfeld four, Greenway one. That's a good win for Denfeld. I think securely holding the number two spot in that section right now, right? Mm, yeah, definitely. They, uh, they tie New Prague on two. Yeah, I think I'll probably get to that. Right right. <laughs> yeah, don't worry. Uh, like once you got your hopes up on any team, they got dashed. <laughs> they they ruined Except you. Prairie. Um, Stillwater four, Woodbury three in overtime. That's a second game, Tony, so that's why it's worth noting. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, Wharf Road two, Thief River Falls one in overtime. Again, get your hopes up on one team, and they bring in, you know, then they go to overtime. Mm-hmm. So, and another team that you get your hopes up, Buffalo four, Roseau two. That yeah, was. That was- yeah, that's a head scratcher. Yeah, but Buffalo had two of them, didn't they, this week? Um, I forget who they else. They've a couple wins in a row now. Um, they're they're all section teams, so not all of them great. It could have been Bemidji, and I didn't note it. To be honest with you, they beat Bemidji four rip, right? Sure, Bemidji's not a hot team this year. I get the Bemidji, and then Bemidji's played Rogers, and it was four nothing. Sure. I get them, I get those two yeah. games mixed up. A lot yeah, of Buffalo beat Bemidji for nothing, and they also beat Tech or St. Cloud, rather. Yeah. So a good win over St. Cloud, I would argue. Yeah. You know, they've been kind of floating around that sort of sphere in eight double A. Um, Eden Prairie four, Stillwater two. I thought Stillwater played very well in this game. Maybe not Eden Prairie's best game, but it was more Stillwater playing up to the competition. I would argue. And if they can play at that level, then it makes 4AA pretty interesting in my book. Yeah, as a third team. As a third team. Yeah, yeah. makes uh, that top seed huge. Yeah, it really does. Every section needs a third team, right? Every section mm-hmm. does need a third team. Um, talking about a section that already has a third, fourth, and maybe sixth team, um, Little Falls 5, St. Paul Johnson 0. Yeah. That was a shocker. Yeah, but then what'd they do the next night? Well, that's even more of a shocker, and we'll get to that. Okay, all right, all right, sorry. Um, St. Cloud Cathedral 9, Brainerd 2. And if we remember, Brainerd only lost to Benilde 2 nothing. This is an impressive win for the Crusaders there. Yes, yes. Okay, Hermantown, deep breath. Hermantown um, 3, Totino 2. Hermantown's beatable. Yeah, that's I my know. take on this. I haven't mm-hmm. seen him play, so I'm not commenting. Uh, I haven't, so I haven't. No, I, I, I would agree. Yeah. I think you know uh, all the talent in the world, but you're just sort of waiting for them to really come together, which is not quite what I've seen in a couple times I've seen them. I would agree with Carl on that one, actually. Um, and New Prague two, Duluth Denfeld two, two. overtime. Yeah. Head scratcher, good tie for New Prague. Mm-hmm. Um, Rozo, uh, three, Rogers, two in overtime. I was at this one. Yeah. That's Rozo's fifth overtime in nine games. <laughs> which has They're battle tested. Wow. Yeah. So this is a section team that you do not want to play. And they've lost a thief in overtime. Yeah, one of those, they did. right? Yeah. Yeah. 
They, I don't think they have a tie yet, but I could relook. All right. <laughs> um, this is a decent squad. They have talent, but it was a classic Rozo squad, keeping you always to the outside. Yep. And, and so um, they can make damage if pucks go in the net for them. Um, Blaine one, oh, Duluth East four, Blaine one. Carl was at this one. <laughs> I was. And uh, we saw a different Duluth East team in this one. We saw none of the odd man rushes in, in the, of the Cloquet game. And, you know, Blaine came in, they took a one nothing lead, and for a little while in the second period it looked like they might pull away. But really, it's it something that they did in the Hill game, too. They just could not get them out when they had a chance to probably bury East. And then East got a couple dirty goals and pulled the upset. Yeah, and it's just, I don't know, Carl, did you file down Carson Rickles' skates before this game? I just did not see this one coming. <laughs> I mean, I, I think that East has a little more talent than we may have thought, you know, if you, if you just look at the Andover score or something like that. And, you know, they, they've had the, the ability to work around. When they start getting into their system, you know, that, that system can flatten a lot of things. And they were getting there on Saturday. Well, so there's the classic question. When when East is playing bad, they're doing this. When East is playing good, obviously they had to be doing something good. What was the doing good in this game? Uh, I think the defense was much improved. You know, they were playing as a unit. They weren't letting anyone behind them. They, they were forechecking harder. I think they were, you know, they were done playing around with other silly systems and, uh, you know, it just looked like classic East hockey grinding away making things happen. Conrad Couch is also excellent in goal. And I believe I saw a tweet that Conrad Couch played well. That's what I just said, yeah. Okay, I wasn't. I couldn't hear what you said. So, yeah, yeah. Tell, tell me. Okay. Has Conrad grown taller than the goalpost? Than, 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 than the, than the <laughs> and I'm not sure about that, but he, he has been really one of the bright spots for East this, this season. Okay, moving on, Tony, to right. another section 5AA teams. Um, Maple Grove 3, Centennial 2 in overtime. Unbelievable. <laughs> that one is a scary, scary score. Um, if you're At least Maple that, Grove 1. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but 5AA now just got... Interesting again for Section Saturday. One of, one of five double A's number fours for for many last years has been Champlain Park. Did you see what they had to do to beat St. Francis? Yeah, overtime. <laughs> it's just this mind-boggling what happened yesterday. Okay, um, Moorhead three, Minnetonka one. Good win for Moorhead. Hard to say with how the skippers have been playing recently. Nobody knows. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, that seems to be uh, – that's the team that you watch go from top 10 to outside top 10. Right, <laughs> just like that. Just like that. Um, Mount West Tonka, five, Little Falls, two, Red Black League All-Stars. A lot of them in that game. <laughs> a lot of them in that game for sure. Yeah. Uh, Red Black League's a great league. It we They've been our sponsor for – three seasons now yeah and it's the same message if you're looking if you're a high school hockey player uh looking to get some games in spring or fall uh the spring just to do something while playing uh spring sports 
Uh, check out Red Black League, redblackleagues.com. Want to you're looking for next fall uh, to get 15, 20 games? No check hockey. Just looking to stay fresh uh, heading into captain's practice and tryouts. Uh, check out the league. Lots and lots of great players. Brian Hansen, who puts on the league, does a great job of making sure that the, the no check is no check. The there's no chirping. Uh, just go out there and get some games in. Play play some one and a half hour games. Get in shape and and uh, get in a good league. They got a north league and a south league uh, to participate in now here in the metro area. Probably another red black league all star game. I would assume prior like four Egan three in overtime. Lots of those guys on the. Casino team. The casino team with another <laughs> solid win here. Mm-hmm. That's a, they're they're on a little bit of a rise. Are they in your top fifteen at least, Carl? They're in the top twenty, not quite fifteen yet, but they're getting there. Okay, another stumper. A Northern Lakes four, North Branch three. Oh, no one. <laughs> okay, here here's a question. I bet Carl knows the answer. What section is Northern Lakes in? Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Carl, can you get that um, one? 6A? Six six no, they're in 8A. No, they're in 8? Yes. Oh, they're wow. 8A. Yeah, and the only reason Yikes. I know that is Tom He lives in Aitken. And he has to go to Warro for a strong game. All <laughs> talks about how they got to play in Section 8A, Lake of the Woods, and Kitson, oh. and those types of teams. It's like weird. That's miserable. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Okay. Maybe, maybe North Branch just shouldn't go north of, you know, Pine City for the rest of the season. You know, they've now lost to Northern Lakes and North Sharks. You mean, um, yeah, North yeah. Branch is just. They're struggling. North Branch ain't very good when they play in North. <laughs> yeah. Is, is this the thing? Is there like a North trophy going on here? <laughs> Sad. Um, Farmington 3, Burnsville 3 in overtime, like we said. Very good tie, I would say, for both teams, actually, mm-hmm. in this game. Wyzetta 2, Eastview 1 in overtime? I don't know what to read into that. Like. Yeah. Why good that win. Why that yeah, good <laughs> win, good overtime push by Eastview. I have no idea. I think Eastview's pretty decent. Yeah, I think they could maybe even be a three or four seed in that section. I Eastern mean, you can. Yeah, well, they beat St. Thomas, yeah. which I'm about to say, Holy Family four, St. Thomas one. That was Oof. a head scratcher, I would yeah. say. Um, so much for momentum. Yeah, that died. Yeah, the momentum. Everybody's momentum died. If you had a good weekday win, you didn't have a weekend win. Nope. Um, Flip flop that for Lakeville South. They had a bad weekday, weekday loss. loss and a big we, weekend. weekend win. Um, five to two over Rosemount. It was kind of more of a four to one um, game with yep. some stuff goals at the end of the game, but. Still good, uh, good win by Lakeville South all around there. Rosemount in moments looked like the stronger team, but the goals went Lakeville South's way. I think the fourth goal was like from the half wall. Mm-hmm. It's just like a chip in type of like goal, and it's like if that thing goes in, you're just gonna win the game. Right, it's kind of like a punt return for touchdown. Carl, did you watch this one? I did. I had it on as I was working on rankings and slowly crying to myself and. Uh, 
Now, it's like you said, Rosemont has its moments, but it just seems like, you know, the whole isn't quite equaling the sum of the parts for Rosemont right now. And with that, the quality of that defense, they shouldn't be giving up five goals to Lakeville South. And really, they, they have enough offensive pieces that they should be scoring more than they have been consistently. It's just not quite there yet. They need to have a come-to-Jesus moment. I think they're going to have a, a players-only meeting soon. Yeah, yeah. At least before their holiday tournament. Right. They need to have one. Um, and then Shakopee 2, Lakeville North 2 in overtime. That's the biggest one. Out of all the lists, that's the one that jumped out by far. Because I think we were all a little bit, we were all wearing red and black. And not mm-hmm. red and black, like red and black. But we were or all not about Shakopee red. red and black yeah, either. We, we were about <laughs> to jump hard. We were going to start, if, the, if there was a buy sell this week, we would have all been buying it would have bought, and then we would have just ran to our broker as quickly oh, as possible. Oh, we couldn't have never mind. <laughs> yeah. I didn't make this. Yeah. <laughs> my my account was defrauded. <laughs> I didn't buy Lake Bill Norris. <laughs> this isn't me. Okay, so those are the games of the past that I have right now, okay? <laughs> Tony's in a laughing attack. Anyways, Carl. Uh, you have had a middle segment that you wanted to talk about, which is actually kind of interesting. So do you want to take it away? Sure, I will. So uh, some people who have uh, you know, met me at the rink know I have a degree in urban planning. And so in the rare occasions that I get to combine urban planning and hockey, I love to do it. And um, I really did this about five years ago when I wrote a post which was called uh, History of Twin Cities Urbanism as Told by High School Hockey. And it was probably the most read thing I've ever done on my little blog. I know the Star Tribune picked it up, some national ho- hockey blog picked it up, and it was just a piece that sort of explained the history of Twin Cities urban development outward since 1945 by looking at when different high schools have gone to the state tournament. And you can really follow that development using hockey as well as anything. And you know, I first wrote this about five years ago, and now, now it's, I think it's an interesting time to revisit that just sort of because of some of the things we're seeing on this crazy statewide scene right now. And we'll get to that in a little bit, but for now, I'll just sort of walk through the history so that everyone understands what I'm talking about here. So now the first state tournament is 1945, you know, end of World War II, sort of start of, you know, really a new era in U.S. cities and their development. And with everyone coming back from the war, you start seeing a lot of suburbs developing for the first time. You got GI bills, you got so a lot of new wealth, the U.S. most powerful country in the world. And uh, and really at the start, though, in terms of high school hockey, if you look at you know, the first 10, 15 years of state tournaments, pretty much every metro area team that goes to the tournament is either a Minneapolis or a St. Paul City school. You've got teams like St. Paul Washington finishing second in 1960. You've got a couple bursts for St. Paul Harding, St. Paul Murray. Now, some of these places I've never even heard of, but they were decent at hockey for a while. So something called Minneapolis Central, which has been closed forever, went to, went to a couple of tournaments. South Minneapolis South, which is not a hockey school now, went to three. And uh, it was really only as you start getting into the 50s and 60s that you really see, start seeing suburbs appear with any regularity. So well, St. Louis Park and Lake Bear Lake went to a couple early on, but then you start seeing those first ring of suburbs around the city starting to develop. So you see South St. Paul, you know, right South St. Paul, go to a bunch of state tournaments early on. Edina, another one that's had some early success, and of course was the first suburb to win a state tournament. They did that in 1969. 
you know, the famous uh, final over War Road where Henry Bouchard got hurt. Um, and then if you start looking out, you know, from there into the you know, 60s, 70s, you start seeing uh, a couple other suburbs a little further out having some success. You get Bloomington, the Bloomington Bears, a single school going a couple times. Got uh, Alexander Ramsey and uh, Kellogg, which were at the time were the two high schools in Roosevelt. Of course, have now consolidated into one going to some tournaments. You've got Hopkins, Lindbergh going to a tournament in the 70s. And Carl, you, my you, aunt so, went to Alec, uh, Ramsey. One yeah, of the, Alex yeah. and Ramsey. Ramsey. Yeah, because that yeah. was uh, Roseville. That's where they lived. My sure. parents or my dad's family lived. Hmm. And see, now that's, that's not even a school that exists anymore, but they went to a bunch of state tournaments for a little while there. Um, six, I believe. And then, so you know, things just slowly start moving further out and further out. So get to North St. Paul and Bloomington Kennedy. And also at the same time, you start to see some changes inside Minneapolis St. Paul. So at the beginning, you know, there are all these schools going. But by the time you get in the 70s, it's really just Minneapolis Southwest going consistently out of what was then basically on all Minneapolis section, section five. And then St. Paul Johnson, which, of course, won a couple of state tournaments, was <clears throat> really the consistent power in St. Paul. So a lot of those other schools just dropped away and you're starting to look at just a couple powers taking control of those cities. And then things continue to evolve, you know, getting into the 80s, you start seeing some schools much further out starting to go as a tournament. You've got Burnsville, South River, you know, going a bunch of times, winning a championship, couple championships in the, in the mid-80s. Bloomington uh, Jefferson starting to, to arise. Edina really having its most dominant period. Uh, on the north end of the metro, you've got Irondale going a few times. So, again, Edging further north, places like Moundsview and White Bear Mariner. And it's just a safe regression. And Tony, you know, you're on the scene by this point in the eighties and so can you talk a little about what you saw when, when you were growing up and who who were the big teams then? Well it was it was crazy. Uh I grew up a city kid obviously, so I could see the people moving literally moving out of our neighborhoods and moving into the suburbs or new families, you know, we would play these teams. So not only I could see it in the early 80s, what was going to happen six years later? As a peewee, you could see us getting just pounded by Bloomington, Jefferson, and Lincoln, and Minnetonka, and all of a sudden, six years later, in the state tournament, there's Minnetonka, Bloomington, Jefferson, Bloomington, Kennedy, Bloomington, Bloomington, Jefferson, Kenny, Edina, all of them. They were all right there. And here it was. It was right in our face. So, yeah, I saw it. But it was interesting you talked about St. Paul Johnson. It was like Section 4 and Section 5 were the city conference teams. You know, St. Paul Johnson, mm-hmm. South St. Paul, uh, over on the east side. And it was, Sibley. And too. Sibley, yes. And Sibley, those, those were, they were always playing to go to state over there. And then there was the Section 5, which was, which was Minneapolis Southwest, Washburn, and Roosevelt. Those are the three big powers in South Minneapolis. That really made it. Well, look at look at the demographics even today in 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 Minneapolis. Well, those are the big powers. You know, Minneapolis, Washburn, and Southwest still make up a lion's share of the hockey players playing hockey. Granted, they don't go to private. They you wouldn't go to a private school in the '80s to play hockey. Mm-hmm. Now, a kid like Joe Miller who grew up in Penwood, like literally blocks from where I grew up. It's funny to see where he lives, where I grew up. He goes to Blake. In mm-hmm. our house, the people in my neighborhood rarely would have gone a good hockey player. If you were a really good hockey player in my neighborhood, you would have never considered Blake as an option to go play because Blake always lost 
could barely get to the section quarterfinals, out of the section quarterfinals, where Southwest or Washburn, they were always in the section semis or the section final. Well, and my best, you know what I mean? My best friend grew yeah. up in Kenwood. All like all of his classmates, like his friends from, and he went to Breck. Were over in that neighborhood. Yes, <laughs> it yeah. was kind of funny. <laughs> but hockey the players, the school with the Golden Valley. <laughs> yeah, it was. Hockey players in the seventies and eighties would never consider the uh, private school hockey was not a thing until Sydney yeah, I mean, hockey <laughs> happened. One exception was Hill, and that's it. Yeah. Yeah, that's an East Side thing. I'm talking specifically. Like <laughs> I agree with you, Carl. I totally agree. Mm-hmm. And even to this day, all the best East Side kids Woodbury, St. Paul Highland, Sibley, uh just caps, caps. Uh, still stillwater, those are the kids that are going to private schools. Yeah. So that's way more common today. Well, think about this like Breck and Minnehaha Academy always had ranks, right? But like Breck's rank, you remember the old Breck rank, Tony? The one in Golden Valley? Yeah. Yes, absolutely. You remember the hump in the middle of the rank? No, but I remember there was a brick wall with the boards on one side of the ring. If they Ooh. they weren't necessarily nice, you know, balances. Um, no. This type Terrible. of thing. Terrible. Yeah. Not like parade. Parade was nice. Yeah. Really nice. Anyways, Carl, keep going. Sure, yeah. So, you know, it sort of keeps moving in you know, through the eighties and into the nineties. And by by the nineties you really see even the first ring suburbs really dying off. You know, Saint South Saint Paul you know, with with the twenty seven state tournament, but has it's been decades now. Richfield made a couple. I think the last one was '91. Nothing since. Uh, Derby. He, mm-hmm. And uh, ran into a certain Duluth East team there, but uh, <laughs> and Kennedy, uh, you know, again, very, very competitive, one of the best teams in the state in the '80s. But then that start, starts sliding off as you get into the '90s, and in the '90s you start getting further and further out. Apple Valley winning a championship. You got Hastings going to a bunch of tournaments. The Eden Prairie starting to appear. I mean, the talk that over time, Anoka winning a championship, Blaine, you know, it just keeps pushing further and further out, and this sort of rolls into the 2000s where you, you know, start seeing Lakefield's first unified single Lakefield high school appearing, then then it splits, and after a couple of years, you know, North and South start going, and start getting as far out as, you know, in the past decade places like Stillwater and Maple Grove. So, Danny, you know, you grew up in the 90s, early 2000s in Jefferson, which at the time was the hotbed of school hockey in the state. What did you see? Well, I I grew up playing Jefferson hockey. I wasn't very good, to say the least, but I still remember going to tournaments and people would look at us and go, oh, well, Jefferson's on that side of the bracket. I, I went to grade school at Our Lady of Grace in Edina, and there was three of us that played Jefferson hockey. And we all wore baby blue jackets all cool. Christmas month <laughs> because that was the thing. The dining kids never wore their stuff. We always wore the, our stuff. Okay. That changed ten years later. That's for sure. And that was it was a huge statement uh, type of thing that if you wore baby blue, like it was it was very noticeable. I remember being a Jefferson dad when I was a really young kid in the program, and they were this was in two thousand five six. I mean they were going to state tournaments and yep. they were killing teams at peewees and bantams yep. in high school and they were number one in the state you know i mean it was, yep. it was like my point was like i saw the end 
Yeah. Personally. Yeah. I saw the end in Minneapolis. I think wherever I go, the you know, the hockey you know, is gonna be <laughs> Don't terrible. Let move to your town. <laughs> yeah, move to your city, you know, bad things. Well we've already addressed that you're the cancer of a certain program. I am, I am the cancer. <laughs> yeah. But but Carl, I saw the end of Kendi. Kendi never gave us a shot in sure. any time when we played youth hockey. Yeah. It, it, if we lost to Kendi, that was a bad day. Yeah. But I remember mm-hmm. I was coaching my brother when I was in high school and he was a mite and we lost to St. Michael Elberville and, and I was like, who the hell are these guys? Because it's like <laughs> Never heard of this. <laughs> where is this town and like how are these how is this team good? Because and, we're Jefferson. <laughs> And I'm thinking that those mice may have then been the, some of the kids who played for St. Michael Albertville when they went to their first state tournament, right? Probably, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so that's really where you end up here in this past decade. You know, you're starting to see places like St. Michael going to state. You start, um, and I think a reason why we brought this up for this season is, you know, you got places like Rosemount, which has never been at least anything other than a Tier 2 tournament, uh, having a serious shot. You got Andover, you know, further and further out on the north side, and that, you know, on paper, really should have been seven double A. You're really seeing, you know, we're at the point now where you've got the teams that are in sections that were traditionally greater Minnesota sections, you know, suddenly making tournaments. So Farmington going a couple of years ago. So this just keeps on going and going, and you're also starting to see more and more changes even in some of the second ring suburbs now. You know, Burnsville. Um, you know, we'll see how much more they have left in the tank after maybe this year. I uh, was talking with a, a friend of this podcast who was an Anoka dad from when they went to the tournament a couple weeks ago, and they were saying, you know, you know my kids' team a couple of years ago may have been the last chance for that program, period. And so, you know, these things just keep moving and moving. And, um, Tony, let's talk North a little bit about, you know. Paul. North yeah, St. Paul, yeah, Carl, no doesn't have a yep. program. Yep. Yep, Richfield no longer has a program except they only co-op with Southwest Christian. <laughs> you know, can you imagine that? And they've got Tartan dropping down to Class A. You know, just keep shifting outward. I and, went to uh, a state. I went to a state house hockey tournament in 1983 in Columbia Heights, BD Dinah. Look mm-hmm. it up. Yeah. I, here, I have a question for you, Carl. So, you live in Duluth. You're from Duluth. Talk about mm-hmm. St. Louis County. Sure. Well, you know, St. Louis County is a big place, and the range has its own dynamics that have, I think, really been driven by the economy up there and the rises and lately more often falls of the mining economy. But uh, the Duluth area, you know, you could go back to even the late 80s, there were four public high schools with hockey teams in Duluth. You had you know, East, Central, Denfield, and Morgan Park. And you know, in most years, East was the best team, but they weren't going to state all, all, that, all that often, and they're somewhat even. And even in the late 80s, Denfield was probably the better program. But, you know, that's all Way changed better. a lot in the past, yeah. In the past, you know, 30 years, that's all changed. You know, Morgan Park closed in the early 80s. Central closed about 10 years ago now. Denfeld, after being a great team through the late 80s, um, you know, they've had a couple moments since then where they've been decent in Class A. And I think we've got another one of those moments coming up in the next couple of years, but they're not what they used to be. And at the same time, you've seen some development move further and further out, and you've seen the rise of Hermantown. So we and, talked about this before the show, Carl. Let's talk mm-hmm. a little bit about that St. Louis County divide, right? So you have mm-hmm. a real solid program in Duluth. They used to spend the state tournament quite a bit in the last 10 years, plus 20 years, whatever. And they look to have real good peewees and Bantam programs. Uh, and then obviously we talk about Hermantown on a weekly basis, and they're very strong in their future with the 
with the Plant Brothers coming up in, in eighth and ninth grade right now. They're going to be a, a real deep run here uh, in A or double A. doesn't matter. Yeah. And there's this divide. I mean, there's West Bloomington. There's West, sorry, <laughs> West, West Duluth and East Duluth. Yeah. And there's nothing in between. Talk about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think you've seen it even at the lowest levels, too, with, with the youth rinks in Duluth. You used to have you know, places like Lower Chester. It's a great rink. That's where Mike Randall's turned hockey. It's you know, great Lincoln, but now it's just sort of drying up, and you're even seeing this with it's affecting a place like Duluth Marshall. And we had this discussion on the forum this past week. Marshall, there's some question if they'll have a team next year. They've got 20 players and 13 are seniors, and they don't have a lot coming up through the youth system. So, really there are a lot of questions, and it's the, the two dominant programs have really started to consolidate, and they aren't, you know, letting many players out either. So talk about that. So Hermittown's hoarding all the players on the west side, and and mm-hmm. Randolph's hoarding all the players on the east side, which is leaving no players for Duluth Marshall. And then Denfield mm-hmm. has some numbers right now. We we could talk about length, why how I think they're going to be a very good team over the next couple of years in Class A, especially if Hermittown vacates Single A. Denfield's going to have a nice little run. Mm-hmm. What does that mean for Marshall? Could Marshall die? It could happen. I think their their best chance is really to be sort of a, a release valve for some of those, you know, Hermantown players who might not be making varsity but are still looking for a place to play hockey. And I think that's so the function they played for East for many years. And now that, you know, Hermantown has that depth too now, their hope is really to just pick off some kids who still want to play high school hockey but may not have the easiest time or play as much as they're at uh And at, on, at the forum, or East. on the on the forum, Carl, they talk about that no one will co-op with Marshall. Is there truth to that? Uh, well, I, you can see how it could be politically sticky because, you know, I don't think, you know, I, you, I mean, when Duluth has, you know, two public high schools and one of them co-oping with a private school would be, I think, very controversial. You know, Hermantown has no need. Proctor, maybe they do in girls, but or have in girls in the past, but uh, do. it's, yeah. Well, Marshall's had a team that's come and gone. But anyway, yeah. Now, yeah. Carl, mm-hmm. I have a question. Let's stay in St. Louis County and let's go to the range, okay? So let's mm-hmm. say Polymet goes through, okay? Right? Right. That's an F. But if they mm-hmm. do, is the influx of people that will go there, are those hockey people? You know, I think that. There could be a little bump, but I think there's also some question of where those people are even going to live. Um, so, the people who Polymet would be in the Masabi East School District, which is currently Evelyst, but within uh, a couple of years, Evelyst and Virginia are merging. <laughs> so that's uh, a whole other thing. <laughs> yep. No. Um, <laughs> what? No, Virginia, Evelyst, Gilbert area schools, Vegas. No, it will not happen. <laughs> <laughs> they won't call it Vegas. No. It's, yeah, they were having a contest in Vegas. I'm not sure if that's over, but um, at any rate, yeah, that, that combined Central East Range team maybe could have a chance if if a, a couple of projects go here, but um, still, if you look at the long-term demographics on the range, it's been very difficult for, for decades now, and really, it's, it's a testament really to the strong history of hockey in that region that it's still as good as it is. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, no. So, 
Yeah, so I guess two other quick things to touch on here. So we've talked about so maybe the future in the north, but Tony, let's let's talk a little bit about the future of the metro. You've got places like Eden Prairie, who's you know great right now, but look five years out, that may not be the case. I think Eden Prairie could become the next Jefferson. I really do. I really do. And I, I, that's no slam on Jefferson. It's just that the, the, the economics in Bloomington are a little bit different, and economics in Eden Prairie could be the same. The only people thing, laugh at that statement, but it could happen. The thing that's saving Eden Prairie right now is it's one school. Mm-hmm. You know, Agreed. it's not split, and it's it's all funneling into one school. So it's it's touching all the kids. And they have a youth program and a high school program is very welcoming to people coming in. Yes. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and you have and you have property for sale and property for rent. That you can very easily move into Eden Prairie, find a nice place to live. I remember early on in the youth hockey updates, there'd be families calling up saying, "Hey, we'd love to move. Uh, can you tell me how to move to Minnesota?" I'm like, "Yeah, you might want to move to West Bloomington. It's really nice. Right? <laughs> Great hockey there. You can play right away. You know, wait, your kid plays for West Bloomington. Right. I was trying to recruit them, legitimately trying to recruit <laughs> kids to come. Right? I'm like, yeah, come here. I can't find a place to live in West Bloomington." Because nobody's moving out. Nobody's moving out, you know. And there's not, you know, there's not big houses. There's not a nice, nice rental properties to no. rent from where you can get that in Eden Prairie. There was plenty of good real estate to get their hands on. Nice neighborhoods. And you know, plenty of good hockey players. So, yeah. so, so that it was a way more attractive place to move than than West Bloomington. So, there you go. I mean, there's your answer right there. That is part of the difficult part. Is Eden Prairie's in a spot where they can do that right now, but like you said, five years from now, uh, the Eagles could be in trouble. Mm-hmm. Okay, Carl. And so let, let's just to wrap this up. Talk quickly about there are a couple of programs that are exceptions to this rule. You know, there, there are some that have stayed good even as the development has happened in them, then then moved beyond. Uh, you know, the obvious one is Edina. They have yep. remained good through it all. Edina, uh-huh. Tony, I would argue, is very open and accepting as well. Oh, very. Especially very. on the youth level. <laughs> yeah, they, absolutely. Because they don't care. They really don't care. They just no. want to win. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the other couple of exceptions you can see are, are the Luthies. Um, you know, there's been you know, 67 straight winning seasons, something going on there. There's been some steady quality hockey program, and it doesn't look like that's going to change anytime soon. And the only other partial exception that really jumps out at me is White Bear Lake. You know, they've been you know, maybe not at, at, at the same high level as Edina or, or East over the years, but always been a, con- a contender, you know, going to stage basically every decade. So the other one I had mentioned. I got one for you, Carl. I'm throw a wrench at you. Yeah. Ready? Sure. The Moorhead. What about Moorhead? Yeah. You know, Moorhead's in kind of a different situation because they're the only – Public school at all, or school at all, on the on the Minnesota side of the Fargo Metro, and I think they've benefited some of the years from pulling in some Fargo kids who want to play for. You know, and in, in the, big, the bigger kids. That's true. I was like throwing in the Carter Rancliffe for his ball. That just boils their blood when I because they always talk about we don't have move-ins. Like what about Carter Rancliffe? You know. Yeah. Yeah, I think but, it, it definitely helps when you can have monopoly on. No, the the area the way Moorhead High School does. Um, that, that's Metro in Minnesota. There's a non-denominational school called like Park 
Christian or something like that in Morgan. <laughs> Did you know that? I'm like, no. they could make a hockey power in like one year if they wanted to. Yeah. Just kids who don't make kids who don't make the varsity at, at Morehead High School, you could compete in Class A high school in two years. There's like mm-hmm. a sacred heart, I want to say, up in East Grand Forks. Yes. Yes. I knew somebody. Christian Cathedral? There was gym, uh, <laughs> cathedral. Yes. Yeah. Yes. No. Yeah, there was a gymnast on Nebraska's team. From she Sacred was, Heart. She was from Sacred Heart. Yeah, Weird. I think there's another Sacred Heart as well. There's another. There might anomaly be. Anomaly Sacred Heart. I can't remember what it was, though. Yeah. So. Anyways, anything else, Carl, that you want to throw out on this one? Yeah, I hope we can see. We just say quickly that those St. Cloud and Rochester are kind of following the same story, too, you know. St. Cloud used to have a couple decent high school hockey programs. Now there's just one for the public schools, and you've got outlying areas like Sartell that are on the upswing. Um, Rochester once had John Marshall winning a state tournament, Mayo having some legitimate contenders, and first they split it into a a third high school with Century coming along, and then now you're seeing all those teams kind of struggling to compete, uh, certainly with the the Lakefields in in 1AA and Mm -hmm. A couple of years down the road, you might see a place like Dodge County, which is suburban Rochester, coming along and being a contender. I mean, they've already done that on the girls' side. Yeah, you can definitely see it in all areas that there's kind of a sprawl, mm-hmm. absolute sprawl. Uh, and it's not just Minneapolis or St. Paul. It's pretty much everywhere. And look at it. Hermantown's a perfect example yeah. of that in, yeah. in Duluth. Yeah. Yep. You know, people want to buy, build a brand new house. Poor Proctor. Mm-hmm. They do. They want to build a brand new house. That's the idea. I want to build a brand new house, and I don't care if it's 20 minutes further. They'll do it. Yeah, exactly. They really do. They really don't care. So, and maybe if and the nice part about Minnesota, we're, I want to tie this back in. And Carl, you talk about how you 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 you, you it piggybacks with hockey. Well, the nice part about Minnesota is all of these communities that you're talking about. Every one of them has a public. Uh, publicly run ice rink or ice rink mm-hmm. facility in those areas, except North Branch. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's yeah. a few rarities <laughs> out there, mm. right? But that's one of the things that attracts people to live in those communities is so mm-hmm. they can, so little Johnny or little yeah. Jenny can play hockey. Yep, exactly. So that's my last take on this topic, but it was a fun topic to talk about. Yeah. For sure. Sorry if it went a little, the show I have went no idea. long. I don't even look. I've yeah, I haven't looked guy. either. Yeah. But, eh. Anyway, swinging this topic a little bit, we are going to Andover. Yeah, absolutely. For our perfect segue yep. into today's into today's guest. Our guest is Wyatt Kaiser on the Sniper's Edge interview. Danny, you want to take it away? Well, thank you, Tony. Yes, we are joined here tonight with Andover senior defenseman going to the University of Minnesota Duluth, Wyatt Kaiser. Wyatt, how are you tonight? I'm doing great. How about you? I'm doing just fine. Well, um, thank you for joining us. Um, let's start in with a couple of questions. Um, you're on. Start with easy stuff, right? Yeah, we'll just softball some stuff over to you, okay? Um, mixed metaphors here for sports, but um, you know, you guys, Andover is doing very well this season. They're in Carl's top five. Um, we're looking at them. However. They might not be even the best team in that section this year. Um, are you nervous about some other teams in your section right now? Um, why, you know, you played Duluth East, but you haven't played Forest Lake yet. Forest Lake? 
Well, uh, one, just bear with me here. So Forest Lake is an undefeated squad, okay? They they have a couple of really, really good wins if you start to look at it, okay? Closely. So, closely. closely. So Forest Lake beat Elk River, section opponent, right? Forest Lake beat Elk River, who beat Rogers, who beat Buffalo, who beat Rozo, who beat Grand Rapids, who beat Benilde, who beat Edina, who beat Wyzetta, who beat Blake, who beat you guys in a home-and-home. Home. So, I mean, like, I could see this Forest Lake squad really giving you guys a test come section times. Any thoughts on that? <laughs> <laughs> no, no thoughts on that. That's awesome. <laughs> it took no, a little uh, bit of research to get that one going. but that, <laughs> Oh, that's good. Um, thanks for having me, guys, though. <laughs> uh, um. Well, let's talk about section play for a little bit. You guys play your section final up in Duluth. It's been a wild section final the last couple of years against Duluth East. But what's it like playing up there at Amsoil? Um, I actually, I actually really enjoy it. I enjoy the atmosphere, kind of playing in front of that bigger crowd necessarily. Um, I don't mind it's up in Duluth, honestly. I mean, yes, I, I enjoy it. Well, I I mean, it, does it feel like an away game for you guys? Um, it definitely feels like an away game for us, but I don't know. I think we've uh, we're gonna travel a lot this year, and uh, I think we're gonna embrace it kind of. Uh, we kind of like to travel, go on, you know, kind of adventure out. But so I think we'll be fine. Well, I got a couple questions for you. Let's start with another easy one. Um, your sister's a, a Minnesota commit. What does it feel like to be the second best? Kaiser in the Kaiser household. God, I've been the second best for a while. She's kicking my butt lately. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, her her section final goal last year is memorable. Uh, talk a little bit about her career. Um, no, she's uh, had an unbelievable career. I mean, she's been good ever since she's been young. She's been playing three years ahead since she's I don't know been growing up, and um, she just she knows how to score. I mean, I think it was. 12s or whatnot, she had eight goals in a state tournament game. It just—it's been incredible to watch her just manhandle. Just she played Peewee's one a couple of years ago, yep. and it was—it's just, just been fun to watch her and support her. Yeah, I was glad that she played Peewee's that second year because it was not fair in in U12. It just wasn't. No, fair. not at all. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's talk a little bit about speaking of youth hockey. Uh, you obviously grew up playing uh, with with the the 2002 Blades with uh, Greg Dornbach and that group of kids, and then you've had a great run with your Andover buddies through for, through youth hockey and high school hockey. What are some of your favorite memories, whether it be hockey day or playing in the brick or what, you know you've had so many great memories. Talk a little bit about a few of those as we're going on heading into the final year of your your career. Yeah, I mean the brick was an unbelievable uh, trip that we took playing with that decor. Connor Kelly, Owen Gallatin, Brock Faber, all them guys. Dexheimer, <laughs> just fantastic players. I mean, and then you Jordan, might not be a notable you... name in that list, <laughs> Wyatt. <laughs> oh, I, I know it's, but that's why I'm probably, that's why I've been so good. Those guys have always pushed me, like always to be the best, because you're never going out there and having an easy day. Wow, and that then, is a stacked team. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and then and Danny Latch, not to mention him too on defense. Yeah, Danny Latch, <laughs> one of the and then no, but then 
through winter season coming back to uh, the association and over growing up, my best friends, Luke, Crone, Gunny Thorson, those guys have just been awesome. Just, I mean, it's just so much fun to go out there and play every day. I don't know if there's one moment that stands out. It's just you go out there every day, and I love it. Yeah, well, cool. good deal. So after this uh, segment we wrap up, we're going to do uh, some pick-ems. You want to stick around and uh, and try your best uh, to, to beat us in pick-ems? <laughs> For sure. All right, good deal. Danny, why don't you give us a list of some games that are going to not fit the pick-ems, but but our high school hockey fans want to keep an eye out for this week. Sure. Um, I got Benilde YZ, um, which is a good Section 6 AA tilt there, kind of a litmus test. Benilde, can they write that ship right now? Eveleth Greenway in 7A. Uh, Orno St. Cloud Cathedral, which is a top five-ish matchup, I would Absolutely. say. Um, Matamidi Hermantown, another top five matchup. That's up in Hermantown this year. And then I got Rosemount Chaska, uh, the whole holiday classic. We'll do one of them as a pick 'em, but that's a round robin between Elk River, Eden Prairie, Grand Rapids, and Edina going fr- Thursday, Friday, Saturday, like it does every year around this time. Um, Buffalo Chaska, that's another game that, you know, both of those. Great game last year. <laughs> yeah. I watched that one. Um, Holy Family Lakeville South. That's that, now relevant. It's an interesting one. Um, <laughs> Greenway Moorhead could be interesting. We have the Catholic Cup, let's call it, mm-hmm. on Saturday. St. Cloud Cathedral Totino, Hill Murray St. Thomas, which does not seem as relevant as it has in years past. Benilde, um Creighton and Holy Angels Holy Family. Lakeville North goes up to Duluth East. Um, Green-White East Grand Forks is this weekend, too, which is a decent game. And I think that's all I have. Carl, did I miss anything? I don't think you missed anything, but, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if you did, just because there are so many good games. I mean, it's almost overwhelming the amount of just good stuff we have going on this week. You know, I, I'm struggling to think of a week where there are more entertaining games than the one we have coming up this week. Yeah, compared to what we had two weeks ago, this one is really, really, really juicy. Tony, that made it easy for pick-ems. Uh, yeah, we had a lot of good games to pick. Um, here's the first game. We're going to go oldest to youngest. So, Wyatt, you're just the youngest by just a hair. So, you're going to go last to start, but you'll finish first at the end. Um, first game, big game, Section 4 AA, White Bear Lake and Hill Murray. It's at Hill. It's at Hill, so that'll be at uh, Aldrich. I'm gonna go Hill. I think they're the I think they're the second best team in the state right now. So I'm gonna go Hill Murray. Uh, Danny, um, I'll go White Bear Lake. I think White Bear Lake has had them in this in the last year and a half, and I think White Bear Lake's gonna come out strong in this game and prove that they can beat Hill. So. Okay, Carl. Well, I was tempted to do the White Bear upset pick until Danny did it, but so now I'm not going to. <laughs> I'm gonna go with Hill. Hill Murray. All right, Wyatt, your first pick of five. Who do you like, White Bear Lake or Hill Murray? I got uh, White Bear Lake. Um, okay, I wow. Think, yeah, I got a good goalie. I, they're pretty, they're a pretty scrappy team. They're hard to play against. I think, I think they'll come out. <laughs> you scrimmaged White Bear earlier in the season, didn't you? Yeah. 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 So. Yeah. Talk a little bit about the Bears. You said scrappy. What, what, what a little bit more? Is there any players that stood out to you, or was it their um, the style they played? What was it? Just their style they play. I mean, 
I guess like every shift isn't it's a hard shift that you're going out there you're playing against them they're going to hit you I mean they they do things pretty simple they chip it in and go and it's a hard team to play against and they got that they got a really good goalie who's hard to score against and makes it makes them hard to beat if you're playing them night in night out that's a hot take I like it all right, next game, Danny, you get to go first. This is a game that you and I might go to. We're debating it. Debating right now. Check the weather. Yeah. Check the roads to Grand Forks, North Dakota, <laughs> or East Grand Forks, technically. <laughs> <laughs> East Grand Forks hosts Warroad. I'm going Warroad on this one. I like mm-hmm. the Warriors. I, I do. I think they're hot right now. They're the last uh, – no, Orno's undefeated, too. Yeah. But they're still undefeated as well, and – They've beat a slew of good teams already. And Grant, what's his name? Grant. No, I'm not even going to <laughs> Grant Slukinski. Trolling you on that one. Yeah, Grant Slukinski's a heck of a player. He's a goal scorer's goal scorer. Uh, Carl, you're next on this one. Warroad or East Grand? This is a tough one. This is literally flip a coin type of game. It is tough. I think I'm also going to go with Warroad. They seem like a few on a mission so far this season. Uh, it might be a different story later in the year when some of East Grand's younger players have had a chance to grow into high school hockey a little more, but for now I'm going with the Warriors. All right. Now this is a trick question, Why I gotta see which one you go with. East Grand or Warroad? <laughs> I gotta go with Warroad. I got Warrior blood in me. God. <laughs> I, I wouldn't hear that. <laughs> I, I knew that, that your mom <laughs> Sarah's from Warroad, right? Oh yeah. Yep. <laughs> oh, I got lots of family up there. I wouldn't hear the end of it if I picked against them. <laughs> we got a lot of trick questions on this show, so be worried. There might be a couple more coming. Be on guard. Well, I'm going to win this week because I'm going to take East Grand Forks, and you losers are going to get it wrong. I'm going to go with East Grand, and here's why. I went up there. I interviewed. I did an interview last year on my on my statewide tour for the state tournament, and I got into their building, saw their rink. This place is huge. This is bigger than this place is bigger than Braemar. It's gigantic. It will be packed with uh, East Side hockey chance. I'm going to go East Grand. I think they're as good a hockey team, and the home ice advantage will tip the scale. Tony, I have a question. Mm-hmm. Is the Gardens a small rink? I didn't. I didn't know. Small, but like, this is bigger. I think this is okay, bigger. Okay, I'm just asking. I feel like the. I was at both rinks a year ago, fresh in my you know old man memory. I feel like East Grand is bigger. Okay, fair and enough. It's gonna be packed. It will be. Yeah. It's, that's another reason why I want to go. I want to experience the East Grand. So, all right, game three. I was hoping we trick you up, trip you up on that one, Wyatt. But you are way too smart. <laughs> All right, here we go. Uh, Chaska Tonka. I'm going to call this the Breakaway Academy special. I mean, oh. every one of these kids went to Breakaway <laughs> Academy. <laughs> um, so this is Carl's game, uh, first game. Chaska Tonka, where's this one? Pagel? Yes, it was at um, the Hawk. At Pagel. Who do you got, Carl? Because I was a toss-up one. I think so, too. Carl? Yeah, I would not have thought this was a toss-up game at the start of the season, but with uh, Minnetonka coming in with one win, it might be. But at the same time, I, I think Minnetonka has too much talent to continue to limp along the way they have. You know, there's just way too much depth, especially up front of this team. They should win this one. You're going to go Tonka. This is a tricky one. Uh, why? what do you think? I think I'm going to go with Tonka, too. All right. Any any reason? Have you guys skated against them yet? Yeah, we scrimmaged them in the beginning of the season at St. Louis Park. And I mean, we put a beat down on them pretty good, but I think like they got some pretty good players, and they'll I think they'll start to come along and get who rolling. Who won the Who won the game last year between you guys? I forget. On hockey day. 
Yeah. Man, they did. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you didn't get frostbitten, though, did you? Nope. <laughs> nope. <laughs> not referencing any players or anything. No, 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 no. All right, that's a good take. I like that. Um, because uh, Andover gave him a beat down, I'm going to remind you he did say that on the air. I'm going to go Chaska on this one. They're, they're they're the Enigma team. They are really are the Enigma team. They were last year, and they beat Edina last year. Jimmy Snuggerud is one of the state's top players right now. He's in ninth grade, okay. He is very good. I saw Chaska this week. They couldn't pull it out against Orono. I don't know. This one, both of these teams desperately need a win. I know, a quality win. So I, I'm going to say Chaska just for chaos in this section. Uh, it is going to be chaos, except Eden Prairie, of course. Yes, that's the one shining moment. Right, right, absolutely. <laughs> All right, so I'm going to let, because it's it's Wyatt's turn, we have five picks, I'm going to let him go first both times. Okay, fair. All right, so this first one, uh, the, the second to last one, Edina uh, hosts Grand Rapids. Uh, do they wear white jerseys every night? Yes. They do. Okay, yes. so they host Grand Rapids. They uh, might wear greens on the last night. I think they might. I'm I think sure. they do. I'm I think sure. they do. Sorry. All right. So, uh, Edina hosts Grand Rapids. This is the Thursday game, isn't it? Thursday night matchup. This is game. one of the funnest games of the year. Yeah. All right, Wyatt, who do you think of now? Edina, Grand Rapids? I don't know. I haven't, I haven't watched either of the teams, but I know Grand Rapids is kind of like us from your sophomore years. They're real good, and they got a real good goalie. And but I don't know if I can pick against the Dyna at the home ice. But you know I'm gonna go with Grand Rapids. All right, I'm struggling too. By the way, that's a tough, tough pick. So I'm going next. <sighs> I'm gonna take Edina. Just the home, home calls, home announcer, home shots on, home shots on goal. They're, they're gonna gonna leading shots on goal. Uh, I'm gonna go Edina too. It's just I'm. I'm, I'm just been branded Edina my whole life. Boy. I'm going to go. Grand Rapids gets up to play this game, and then they kind of taper off the rest of the way. This is the game that they always look forward to the most. I'm going to go Carter Clapton, Jack Pert. Thunderhawks take this game. All right. And, wow, this ought to be fun. Shocking. Uh, Carl, you're Duluthi's <laughs> big, biggest nemesis, Edina and Grand Rapids. Which one do you like the least or want to pick the most? Ooh, I mean, this has nothing to do with the East. I, I just think Edina's a somewhat better team. I think they're, uh, you know, at, at this point, the Rapids are still young, kind of raw. They've taken a couple bumps after those early successes. I'm going with the Hornets. All right, so you go on Edina. All right, last one. Um, where is this Andover-Maple Grove game? I was just asked why. I'm sure he probably knows. Where's the game you guys play this week? At home. Yeah, at home. Ooh. You sure? You sure why? Yeah. <laughs> yeah I'm oh, sure he knows. Um, it might not be. Come on. It might if not. If he doesn't know, you're getting. We're gonna have to redo the show. <laughs> it might not be. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm pretty, sure, I'm pretty sure it's at home. Um, it is. It is at oh, home. God, I wrote that it. Been I worse. wrote it down wrong. Okay? Yeah. So <laughs> we're sitting here questioning whether the kid knows. The captain team doesn't know where the game is. Well, it's happened before. <laughs> All right. All right. Uh, Andover, Maple Grove, both top five teams. Um, you guys have had some epic matchups, not just at the high school level, but at the youth level as well, dating back to Bantams and Pee Wees. Uh, who do you oh, yeah. got uh, for this one, uh, Wyatt? 
I got the handlebar Huskies. <laughs> Going Huskies, huh? What, what makes you yep. guys so special what, that, that you guys think it can beat Maple Grove? Um, I think it'll be a good matchup, but I think that um, I think our forwards will – I think we're pretty speedy up front, and I think that we'll be able to kind of slow them down a little on the rush maybe. And I think our decor is good enough to uh, handle their top-end forwards. Yeah, they have one good line, that's for sure. Very yeah. good line. Any 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 comments on that line? With, with, I'm, I'm guessing it's Jacobs, Oakland, and Kukinen. Yeah, or Kernan, one of those guys. Somebody probably with Kukinen. Anybody with Kukinen uh, is. What do you? How, how do you stop? What's the secret to stopping Kyle Kukinen? Um, I think it's just good gaps in the neutral zone. Honestly, I mean he's a workhorse, hard to play against. I played with him in the Blades, 16 years, and I mean just good gaps, kind of shutting him down all night, not giving him space and room. I mean he never he doesn't stop working ever, but I think that's the key. Yeah, yeah, Make I him, think it's fun. It's uh history says that we will all pick against you. Um <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna have to go with Maple Grove as well. I'm gonna just just, just stick with the tradition. See if Danny see if Danny or Carl can flinch and, and side with you in this one or not. We'll no, I, I got Kooks and Oki are gonna take team this one. They're gonna win it? Yeah. They're gonna win it. Okay, so let's see if Carl goes section seven on the bit or maybe stays stacks the cards against you. Uh yeah, it's gotta be the Crimson. I mean, come on. <laughs> Ripping us apart. <laughs> uh, we're we're here to support you. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, good deal. Well, uh, Carl, thanks for joining us from Duluth. Uh, why it was awesome having you on the show. One of our Sniper's Edge interview. You did an awesome job. Good luck to your team this week and 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 the rest of the season. Yeah. Thanks very much, guys. All right. Take care. Have a good night. We'll see everybody around the rink. I've got Ferraris, Maseratis, drive all over the place I drink martinis, never seen these looks all over their face My friends all know that I'm cool, I've been this way since high school Cause life's never been sweeter, when you're just a cake eater